going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 147. And we've hit the midseason, the MLB season. So we got the midseason awards once again. Also playoff predictions. We didn't forget about basketball. It's been a crazy first week of the offseason. So we're going to go over some deals. Do we like them or not? Yeah. I guess we'll go ahead and hop right into it, though, with our openers. And my opener, even though it happened against the A's, has got to be Domingo Armand's perfect perfect game. Uh, 24th one in MLB history. The first since 2012. And since I was there for Dallas Braden, and since I was obviously there for Domingo Armand's, uh, two out of the 24 I've witnessed, which is 9% of the MLB's perfect games in MLB history. So that's pretty cool to say that I've been there for that many of them. Uh, but in just in general, obviously the nine innings, no hits, no walks, no runs, no base runners, nine strikeouts for Armand. He's had guys off on the right, wrong foot the entire night. He, uh, was keeping guys off balance. You know, he wasn't throwing anything crazy. Of course, you know, mainly it's just his fastball curveball change up but uh he had it all going on for sure that night and uh very maybe philip pumbers has got to be more random but uh domingo armand's perfect game is definitely gonna be one that we look at we go holy shit he threw a perfect game yeah i mean just the fact that you've been to two perfect games just in the past 10 years is ridiculous or i guess it's uh, a little more than 10 now but you know in your lifetime still your short lifetime but uh, my opener is going to be the opening night of summer league basketball in the NBA. We had Sacramento and Utah kicking off. And, you know, it, it's not like we should be taking too much from these games. But just the fact that we could see, you know, a guy like Keegan Murray, who shouldn't really be there, dropping 29 points on us with a, a crazy poster. It's a great play. But also, you know, uh, the Lester Quinones of the world. That's that's the Warriors two-way guy. We got... um. Kenny Lofton Jr. with Memphis. We saw Brandon Miller, the number two pick in the draft, playing, you know, all right for his first professional game. We'll leave it there. Uh, but just one more thing to leave it on. Friday night is when the Vegas Summer League starts. Six o'clock, Brandon Miller versus Weminyama. Tune in if you got nothing to do. It's going to be a great one. Yeah, I'm not a big Summer League guy, so I will not be tuning into that. But uh, I'll watch him when he plays in October. So oh, he's not playing in October. <laughs> What do you mean? They're going to hold him to the very minimum to win rookie of the year. I think it's 52 games. Well, he's going to play the first game of the year. That's possible. Win a, they're winning a ring this year, yeah, dog. Oh, yeah. I ring year. Come on now. Year. Okay. <laughs> Come on now. But let's get into the real part of this episode, which is the MLB's midseason review. We're doing awards. We're doing playoff predictions, all that stuff. So pretty good, uh, fun episode today. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven awards to hand out, one each for the AL and the NL, so I guess technically 14. And I guess we can go ahead and start from the top. AL MVP, who's been your MVP in the first half of the season? I think this one's pretty easy. Yeah, it's going to be Shohei Otani. Uh, I think even if he gets hurt, really, it should be. Um you know, interesting news that just came out. Mike Trout's going to be out for at least a month with the broken hand. Uh, so that could definitely change things for the Angels. You know, if they start slipping here before the trade deadline, maybe we see your Otani trade that you talked about. Um, but, you know, other than that, Otani's been the best player in the league. 30 homers, whole lot of strikeouts. Uh, we've never seen this before. Yeah, the Otani trade's definitely going to be something that resurfaces a little bit with these... Uh... It's news that just came out literally five minutes ago. Now at this point, it's Mike Trout's broken hammy bone within his hand. The hammy bone is actually something you don't even need; doesn't mm-hmm. even do anything. But he's it's there and it's fucking up the Angels' season. So uh, we'll see how that resurfaces. We'll probably talk about it next week. I assume maybe that's going to be when we have some more trade talk stuff going mm-hmm. on. Maybe a mock trade, something like that. But uh, yeah, uh, should be pretty easily for Otani MVP this year if he's in the AL. By season's end, he will be the AL MVP. Uh, 31 homers, 68 RBIs, hitting over 300, OPS over over 1,000. 
Uh, even if he was just doing that stuff, you know, probably AL MVP. But he's also got an ERA of 3.02 on the mound. 127 strikeouts a second in the AL. Whip just a shade over one. It's been the best player in MLB history, it feels like, this year. And, uh, yeah, quite easily should be unanimous if he stays on the AL the entire year as the AL MVP. If he goes to the NL, Skyler. Yeah. Can he win AL and NL MVP in the same year? I think that's not possible, right? I think it depends how he finishes because I, I honestly, even if he gets traded, he should be in consideration for AL MVP still. Yeah, we'll see how they, they end up doing that. Maybe it's just what he plays more games with. And I guess now at this point, before we are in the season, it's got to be the Angels regardless, but uh, still kind of crazy stuff there. Moving on to the NL now. And I think this has kind of the same feel as far as a unanimous MVP. And it's got to be Ronald Acuna at this point. You know, 21 homers, 40 stolen bases, hitting 335. He's the only other dude in the MLB with an OPS over 1,000 except for Shohei. Uh, he doesn't pitch, which is the only downside of Acuna. But uh, this one seems pretty easy as well, too. Absolutely. We talk about the 40-40 season being um... – you know, uh, ridiculous milestone and he's on pace for 40 and 60. So again, barring the injury, which uh, is always possible with Ronald Acuna, um, he's going to win national league MVP. Yeah. Yeah. He's been amazing. He he got hurt yesterday, ended up staying in the game. I'm not sure exactly what it was, maybe his hand or shoulder, but he ended up being fine, stayed in the game uh, and helped the Braves get their victory over the guardians last night. Moving on to Cy Young now, I guess the biggest pitcher award, AL Cy Young. Did you do what could have happened here with Shohei Otani winning MVP and Cy Young? I did. Go a different direction. I think the AL Cy Young race is extremely stacked, so I couldn't. There's too many guys here. Um, So I'm going to go with Garrett Cole to win it again for the AL. Really similar numbers to everyone else and a lot more strikeouts. He's a dude all year, except for pretty much just one start. You could trust him to get a quality start. So I have him over the honorable mentions of Aldi, who we thought would be done after that that great first couple of months. Still going, McClanahan and Valdez. I went with Eovaldi as my Cy Young, and I say this every year when we look at pitching awards. I'm looking for guys who go late in games, and Eovaldi has been consistently doing that, and he has not been allowed a ton of runs. 112 innings pitched is, I believe, like top two or three. It is second in the league right now, Mm -hmm. just behind Logan Webb, who has another start over Eovaldi, so he will, I assume, probably catch up to Webb once he does get that start in, I think, probably tomorrow. Uh but still, 17 games started. He's been amazing for the Rangers. Probably, I, obviously, you know, one of the top pitchers in the league. If I'm picking him for Cy Young, he has two complete games. I think that leads the league as well, too. Uh, and then one of the best signings in, in the league this year. So, Eovaldi for Cy Young with an honorable mention of Shohei Otani. On to the NL Cy Young. What do you go with here? I'm going with Marcus Stroman for the National League. Uh, once again, there's a lot of guys with similar numbers. He's very comparable to someone like Bryce Elder, Justin Steele. But again, Marcus Stroman's got the CG this year. The other guys don't. Um, so awesome season so far for Marcus Stroman. Uh, possibly traded to the AL. But we'll, you know, for now, he's the NL guy. Shout out to Kershaw and Zach Allen, too. These guys are, yeah. are going to be right there in the race. Yeah, Zach Gallon, Marcus Stroman are some pretty good choices, but I decided to go with the man who's won a couple of them in his career, and that's Clayton Kershaw. If he adds another Cy Young to his resume here in this t- age of a season, it's actually going to be crazy to It'll see. And I think it's not talked about enough. I know he just got sent to the IL, so we'll see how long he's going to be on there. But uh, Kershaw's got a 255 ERA, 95 innings pitched, and 16 starts with 105 strikeouts. He's got 10 wins if you want to look at that as well, too, if you're an old head. And uh, the Dodgers are always playing good. You know, they're not winning the division right now with how good Arizona's been. But Kershaw has been excellent, and I think he definitely deserves a Cy Young if he's going to put up these numbers. Moving on to Rookie of the Year. So a couple interesting choices here. Who would you go with in the AL? I'm going with the historic picks here. Uh, Start off with the AL. Josh Young. He's starting the All-Star game. That doesn't happen. 
ever. Uh, I I love Yoshida. That was my original pick. Uh, obviously, you know Bryce uh, Miller, Hunter Brown, Estiri Ruiz having great rookie years, but I got to go with Josh Young and the Rangers. Yeah, if I am picking, you know, for today, if season ends today, who I pick, I definitely think I'm going to go Young, and that's who I went with. With here, just in total, two seventy three. OPS over 800, you know, 17 homers, 50 RBIs, if you want to look at that as well, too. But I don't think it's going to be him when it's all said and done, because the guy in New York is starting to go crazy. He's hit 320 over this past month, and that's Anthony Volpe. Just hit his 11th homer yesterday, approaching 20 stolen bases. If he goes, you know, 25 home runs and, say, 30 to 40 stolen bases even if He'll he does hit 210 it's gonna be really tough to keep him off that ballot so uh josh jung for now but i can will not be shocked if it changed to volpe if he continues to have, be on this tear that he's been over this past uh month now at this point moving on to the nl this one is it it's a two-horse race it depends if you want to do corbin carroll or if you want to give it to ellie daily cruz depending on how many games he's going to play what direction did you go here, Skyler? It's Corbin Carroll. I'm keeping the theme. There's never been two rookies like this to start in the All-Star game. Uh, so we're going to have both of them winning for the midseason. Uh, the honorable mention is all the Reds. You know, even Spencer Steer has comparable numbers to some of these dudes in the honorable mentions. Um, and uh, Kodai Sanga, too. He, he came over and has had no issues so far. ERA under four. His first career season in the bigs. I'm going Corbin Carroll for my rookie of the year. I think he's, you know, he's another guy who has a chance to go 40, 40 this year. He's a bit underpaced for the home runs, but obviously, you know, if you have a good second half, then yeah. that can all change. 17 homers, though, 24 stolen bases for a Diamondbacks team. That's in first place in the NL West, which has, you know, been a very tough division over these last few years. So Corbin Carroll gets my nod. However, I mean, if Ellie Daly Cruz does the stuff that he been doing i think it's going to make it a conversation which just shows you how good ellie's been and uh i don't think it's going to be enough to get past corbin carroll but when i mean if they played both the full season that'd been a crazy crazy vote to pick yeah. there yeah, yeah, yeah moving on to manager of the year who do you go with in the al skyler i have to go with bruce boshi again we talked about this i feel like you don't like this as much or maybe this was the national league picks we uh we're different on, but anyway, so much has gone wrong with Texas and they still have 50 wins. So many players in the all-star game. They look really good. Other than blowing the game against Houston last night, I've had no worries about them. Yeah. Texas, uh, they've been really good. Bochi's going to be my manager of the year as well, too. They've been a little bit scuffling over late. I believe they're 10 and 20, 10 and 15 over the last okay. 25. So a bit slowing down. We'll see how it all ends up with Houston. Uh, but through 80, Five games, I guess, for the Rangers. It's Bochi, who's my manager of the year. On to the NL side. I think this one's a bit more interesting. I feel like right now, if the season ended, it would be David Bell from Cincinnati. I don't think he's going to win it. But that's the thing. You know, a team who's supposed to be around this win mark uh, when they start calling up their prospects, uh, you know, they've already hit that mark is pretty special, but the national league is really jumbled together. There's going to be a team that comes out of nowhere that we're not going to expect. And that dude will win it. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I think there's three guys that really come to mind here for me. One from each division, actually yeah. Tori Lavello from diamondbacks, David Bell from Cincinnati and skip Schumacher from Miami comes to mind as well, yeah. too. I'm going to go with the guy who's in his first year of managing Skip Sch Schumacher. If he gets the job done, gets Miami to the playoffs in it for a roster that, you know, probably isn't as good as obviously not as good as Atlanta, but probably not as good as Philly or, or even the Mets. They find their way in. Absolutely. I think if you're a rookie manager, you've you got to give him the vote. That's who so, I think uh, will win it. Skip skips the guy I'm going with. Moving on to a couple of our, I guess, made-up awards. I guess Breakout would be considered most improved, whatever you want to call it there. Uh, anyways, who is your Breakout Player of the Year in the AL, Skyler? You may be a little surprised because of uh, you know how popular this guy is, but I'm going to go with Luis Robert because he hasn't gotten hurt yet. He's played every single game, and he's already doubled his career high in homers for a season. You know, this is kind of what we thought he would be like three years ago. And now he's finally hit it. 
Um, even though their team is uh, a mess, Luis Robert hits the ball extremely hard still. Yeah. I have a couple candidates here. I'm going with Yandy Diaz. Uh, you know, hitting 318 in today's game is really tough to do. 914 OPS is amazing as well. Uh, and been a great leadoff man uh, in Tampa Bay this year for those guys. And just putting in more power into his game than what we've seen in the past with him. Uh, but the honorable mention I have, as shocking as it is, is going to be Shohei Otani. Because regardless of how good he's been in the past, he's obviously won an MVP He's gotten a whole lot better this year, and he's just at, at, completely insane to watch play baseball right now. Uh, coming to the point where we're having the conversation is he's the is he the most talented athlete to ever live? And when you get yeah. into that conversation, you're breaking into a whole different stratosphere that we've ever seen from a baseball player. So uh, I'm going with Yandy, but Shohei Otani would be my honorable mention for that. Uh, what about the NL? Jorge Soler, another guy who who's already doubled his numbers from the entire 2022 season. Um, and I, I also wanted to shout out my guy, uh, Brian De La Cruz from the same team. Uh, you know, obviously gotten a lot better, but just not the same bump as Soler got. And Lane Thomas on the Nationals. No one ever talks about him, but sitting over 300 on a terrible team. Yeah. My breakout is going to be a guy who, I mean, he pitched well last year, but just didn't have the amount of innings to really – you know, gain a lot of traction with that ERA is Bryce Elder. Uh, being at a 2.45 ERA in his second season, I know, you know, when you look at the most improved player for the NBA, they try to stay away from second year players uh, just because, you know, you're supposed to make that jump. But Bryce Elder, what he's doing right now, I don't think anybody expected. He's only 24 years old, so he's still very young, got drafted in 2020. But he's already become one of the best pitchers in the MLB. And I know he's not doing it with any crazy strikeout rate or anything like that. But he is winning games in Atlanta with an ERA under 2-5. And that's got to be talked about. So he is my breakout player of the year. Moving on to disappointment. There's a good, the bad. We're going to the ugly side now, Skyler. Who's been your most disappointing player in the AL this year? Alec Manoa. This is a guy who... I predicted to win a Cy Young in the future, and he can't even get out of an inning in the complex league? What is going on with Alec Manoa? He's been my biggest bust this year. Yeah, Manoa's my bust pretty easily as well, too, probably unanimously. Uh, he did pitch good in double A a couple days ago. I think he went five innings, one run, 10 Ks. But uh, still, to have this be what's happening, being the minors without it being a rehab assignment, is pretty crazy to see with Alec Manoa. So that's a pretty obvious one there. Moving on to the NL. Skyler, who do you got here? I think the biggest disappointment in the NL is the entire St. Louis pitching staff. So that's my pick. But just for the sake of the activity, my player will be Sandy Alcantara from Miami. You know, you finally have a great team around you. You don't have to do it by yourself. But every fifth day, he's just... He just doesn't have the same stuff he did. He's he's given up a 250 batting average compared to last season was under 200. And that's just not like Sandy. So they need him to uh, get his shit together if they want to make a serious push. Yeah, Sandy's going to be my guy as well, too. I don't think any of us saw this coming at all. You know, he's never been, you know, a dude to strike out a crap ton of batters. Obviously, he's had over 200 strikeout these last few years. But that's partially because... You know, he's pitched so many innings, but the strikeout rate is so so much more lower this year. He's walking more guys. He's just not been the same guy that we've seen where he's able to, you know, consistently just push innings on the board for Miami. And I know he's still, you know, averaging over six plus, but he's doing it while giving up three, four runs over those six innings. And that's not what we expect from Sandy. Hopefully he turns around because I think that'd be a fun thing to watch, you know, later in the season in Miami if things get going correctly for him. But he's been my biggest disappointment in the, in the NL so far. Reliever of the Year is the last award that we're going to do. AL Reliever of the Year, Skyler, who do you got? It's so close with the top guys that I'm just going to stick to the preseason picks. So it's going to be Felix Bautista for me. Even though, you know, Cano's had, uh, you know, some better games pitched. But Felix Bautista's the closer. He was my pick. That's where we're sticking with. Felix Bautista is pretty easily my pick. I okay, think he, uh, he has 79 strikeouts in 38 and two thirds innings is absolutely ridiculous. Let me look up what that exact K per nine is. Cause I think it's about 19 
or something like that. Uh, where is K for nine? Yeah, eighteen point three nine. So for every three outs he's getting, he's striking out at least two batters in there, which is crazy to see. Thirty-seven games pitched, he's got twenty-two saves. Obviously, has been you know locked down at the back of the bullpen for Baltimore. He's throwing hundred and three mile per hour fastballs, so he's been just crazy to see. And uh, yeah, gets the believe the year in the AL pretty easily for me. Moving on to the NL. Sticking with Josh Hader. Uh, for some reason, he seems to lose his command whenever he plays the Giants. But other than that, lockdown. A lot of guys with some similar numbers. But uh, once again, I, there's no need to move away from Hader when he's been this good. Yeah. Going with the familiar face in Josh Hader. Uh, Camilo Duvall's got to be another guy to talk about. Obviously, the earned runs are a bit different between the two of Duvall's ERA being just below three. Hader's ERA, you know, just a graze above one. Uh, but Duvall's got a ton more saves, so there's that. But the point is, Josh Hader's been untouchable this year, only allowed four runs in 30 and two-thirds innings so far. Give him the NL reliever of the year. I don't think there's going to be any problem doing that. Yeah. Moving on to our playoff seedings, is there any teams that didn't make it that you want to talk about before we get into the six? Not really. I'll just kind of explain as we go. No problem. Starting off in the AL, then, Skyler, who is your sixth seed? Yeah, going to go with the Yankees at six. Judge will be back at some point. May not be for a while, but um, they're they're figuring it out. I mean, they just threw a perfect game, man, that, even if it's against the A's. You know, they're on to something in New York. They'll stick around. Might be a bit of a shocker here. I went with Baltimore as my sixth seed. Uh, and it's not really because I think they're going to fall off. I just think some other teams in the AL are going to have some really good second halves and compete yeah. for that you know, four or five spot or maybe the higher spots as well too, depending on division. But uh, Baltimore comes in at six, makes the playoffs for the first time in a while. And uh, we'll see how we have it all shaping up once we get to that, you know, playoff bracket Uh, on number five. I got the Rangers, uh, one of the bigger fallers of the AO playoff teams so far. It's been an awesome first half of the season, but it just doesn't seem very sustainable. Uh, so sorry, Texas fans. Yeah, I went with Texas as my five seed as well, too. Uh, Houston's only three back in the division. They just took two out of three from the Rangers. So, uh, or actually three out of four, my bad. But, uh, I think the ties are starting to switch a little bit in Houston. They're starting to get the momentum back, kind of get over that World Series hangover. I think Houston will be just fine. Texas should be fine as well, too. I don't think they're going to go on some crazy slump in the second half because they're still making the playoffs in my picture here. And uh, yeah, probably just right under probably 97 to 95 wins, I'd say. Four seed. I still have the Orioles at the four seed. Um, you know, even if they do slow down, like the best at what they do, say, you know, the bullpen, the back end, one of the best, you know, guys who get on base, one of the best at it in the league. It's just starters right now. It's going to be a big problem. Maybe I'm, you know, underthinking the problem with the starting pitching, but I still have them as a four seed. Four seed for me is going to be the New York Yankees. I think things are going to get hot in New York over these next few months at this point. Watching the game right now, I thought Cedric Mullins just took him yard, but, uh, Things are going to get hot in New York. Rodon's coming back here in a little bit. He's been really good in his rehab starts. Garrett Cole's been good. Obviously, they've been getting some decent starts from, uh, or a decent start from Domingo Urban. Uh, Severino probably should be turning around at some point. And I wouldn't be shocked to, you know, go ahead and see them add, you know, a four or five starter at the deadline. Their bullpen's been solid. Their lineup is starting to come around. I think things are going to get going with this team and, uh, Get them in the top wild card spot. You know, it's not going to be too much, I don't think, because they're only three behind Baltimore right now for that two spot in the the AL East, and that's kind of going to be the bar for the four seed, I'd say. So get above them. You should be fine. Find your way to the four seed and into the playoffs. On to the three seed, a.k.a. the AL Central winner. I really wanted to put Cleveland here, but I just couldn't. They look so bad. So it's Minnesota with the pitching. The lineup's not capable of winning a playoff series, though. So, sorry. I was tempted to put the White Sox here just because their talent yeah. on their, their roster is so good. 
I'm going Cleveland. I think they got oh, okay. the pitching to start coming around. Their bats are starting to very slowly get going. It's a very crazy process with that division in general. But I think my main point here, I think Minnesota is going to continue to slow down. They'll creep under 500. We might see Cleveland win the division with 79 or 80 wins. I don't think it's going to be a crazy number there. On to number two. Who is going to be your division winner? Might be the AL East or AL West. Going to be the Astros. Uh, we just talked about them. They uh, had a crazy comeback against the Rangers. Played them really tough. They're getting hot all around. And this is just how the Astros are every season. Um, everyone should be afraid of them still. Yeah. I don't think uh, I'm changing anything there as well, too. Uh, Houston gets my two spot. I think we've mentioned this earlier in the year when they were slow. Should we be worried about Houston? And when are they going to get it going? No problem. They're just fine. They two spot in or only three games out of Texas right now for the division. If they grab that, they will be in the two spot uh, as far as playoff picture goes. And I think that's how it's going to play out with them getting that spot there. So uh, two seed Houston. And then let me make a prediction on your one seed. Is it, uh, is it Tampa Bay? Yes, sir. The Rays built different. That is all. Yeah. Pretty easily. The number one spot, they still, you know, I'm making a bid for probably 108 wins. I would say that's kind of about where they're on pace for right now. Uh, things are going good in Tampa. 34 and 10 at home. Respect. That's crazy. Uh, moving on to the NL. Any team just outside that you want to talk about, or should we? Get uh, I guess I'll it? mention that the the Mets and the Padres don't do it again. I was trying to find a spot for them, but I decided not to. All right, on to number six. Number six, going with the Phillies. They figure it out. They're they're not very hot right now, but they have so much star power. It's hard to imagine them not at least making this six seed. I did it, Skyler. I did it. I went San Diego as the six seed. I think it's so tough, man. I think uh, it's just a matter of time until their lineup kicks in and they do something with Machado and. I know Tatis and Soto have been great, but Bogarts has been struggling a little bit. Hassan Kim hasn't been great. Grisham hasn't been good. Cronenworth hasn't been good. I think eventually it's got to be sooner rather than later because, you know, we're kind of getting to that point. But uh, they got to turn it on. I think they're going to go on, you know, an 8-10 to game win streak and kind of change their season around. And then when it comes to Philly and the Mets, uh, Philly just hasn't, you know, gotten to the point where they – I really see them as a team that can get into the playoffs. I think if they were in the playoffs, you know, they'd be a good playoff team. But I don't see them getting in. I just, for whatever reason, they can't get the job done in the regular season. And the Mets just seemed like too much of a dumpster fire for me to be able to put them in. So uh, San Diego, I'm I'm going with them at the sixth seed. On to number five. Number five, I'm going with the Marlins. I think this is, a, you know, a sneaky, scary team that you don't really want to face in a playoff series um, because the pitching is so great other than Sandy, of course. And they have dudes who get on base and right behind them or Hey Soler playoff legend. Yeah. Uh, Miami is giving me my five seasons old too. They currently hold the third best record in the NL, which seems like a shocker. Uh, they're like their lineup. Like you said, you know, having a rise at the top. Soler too. Brian De La Cruz, Jesus Sanchez, Paul within there as well too. Jazz Chisholm, hopefully, you know, he's able to play more games the second half and, yeah. and follow suit for that. Uh, and I think when you look at their roster, man, it's pretty scary. Like you said, you know, their rotation's good, but not only is it good, but it's very deep. Even their, you know, four or five starters, Braxton Garrett is a good starter. Like he's a very respectable guy to have in your rotation. So Miami's my five seed, but I think they can make some noise in the playoffs. On to number four. Number four, I have the Diamondbacks. It's uh, not necessarily a, a diss to them or saying that they're going to have a bad second half. It's just that I think the Dodgers are are just the best at that. They're just the best. Arguably, you know, the Braves and Nationals had similar runs, but the Dodgers are are kind of a factory of hitting right now and kind of hard to pick against them, for me at least. So the Diamondbacks get the first wild card. The Dodgers are my fourth seed. I couldn't pick them over uh, Arizona. So 
LA comes in at number four. Obviously, this team is very good, very deep, can make a deep playoff run if things go right for them. But uh, four seed for now is where I got them. Three seed. Again, you're, you're going to hate me, but I had to go with the Brewers. They're used to the dog days of the summer, and Cincinnati's going to be right there. But with all the rookies, you never really know what's going to happen. So I'm taking the safe pick here in Milwaukee. I hate you. I actually do hate you. I knew you were right. Uh, yeah, since he's winning this division, I know Milwaukee's only a half game back right now, but I don't think, I mean, Cincinnati, there's no signs in them slowing down at all. And they've been, you know, one of the best teams in baseball, if not the best team in baseball over this past month, when you look at the win loss record, uh, Milwaukee's a team I think will hover, you know, just a little bit over 500. I think when we look at Cincinnati, they have a chance to, you know, continue their run, go into the second half. Uh, maybe not as hot as they were in June, but just just around that level and turn into, you know, a 90 to 92 win team. That's fair. Two seed. The two seed. I have the Dodgers uh, right below the most unstoppable team in baseball right now. Just because, like I said, you know, turning J.D. Martinez and uh, and Jay Hay back into above average players. And J.D. Martinez is mashing, by the way. Um mm. They just fill in the spots exactly how they're supposed to, except for shortstop, obviously, but they got gypped there. So we'll just move on. I got Arizona as my two seed, 50 and 35. Same record as the Texas Rangers right now. Uh, it seems very deep as far as postseason, you know, World Series probability. We'll see how that all plays out. We'll talk about it as well, too, actually. But uh, Arizona, very deep in the lineup. Deep throughout on the pitching staff, except for when it comes to the back end of the bullpen. I think they're probably going to go ahead and add a couple guys, though, because they have the ability to do that. Uh, and I think they win the NL West for the first time in a while. Moving on to the number one seed, which is quite easily the Atlanta Braves. This is one of the most talented regular season teams we've seen in a long time, I think. Uh pretty ridiculous honestly we were joking a couple weeks ago about uh you know they got eight starters on their 40 man like who are they going to choose and every guy who comes up shoves doesn't matter they just rotate them all so it's the braves yeah atlanta very easily gets the number one spot uh it seems right now like they're impossible to stop they just win every game by a ton of runs they keep on scoring it seems like they're cheating yeah, that's how good they are. It seems like they're cheating. So uh, Atlanta comes in at number one. It's like you're playing an MLB The Show franchise and you turn your entire minor leagues into a potential. It's like what they're doing. Yeah, I don't get it. It somehow works. Now it gets to the fun part, Skyler. We oh, are yeah. doing our playoff bracket. I guess we'll start on the AL side. We'll do all the AL then move into the NL. Uh, your sixth seed, which I believe was the Yankees, right? Will yes, sir. Be going up against the Minnesota Twins. Who do you have one in that series? It, it's the Yankees. I didn't do games for the uh, American League, and I I didn't do those either. So that's fine. Okay, bet. So yeah, the Yankees should win this one easily. Uh, whoever they're playing. Well, actually, you know, Cleveland beat them last year, but I guess since I have Minnesota, I got the Yankees. The Cleveland did not beat the Yankees last year. They didn't? The Yankees won. No. I thought um, Oscar Mercado at a walk-off something. They, Oscar Gonzalez <laughs> hit the walk-off against the Rays. Was that not in the – oh, okay. Sorry. Continue. Uh, I have Baltimore versus Cleveland in, in my matchup here. Uh, it's going to be a Cleveland team that obviously, you know, is right around 500 probably unless they heat up. Uh, and Baltimore, you know, still pretty solid squad. I think they'll probably add a starter. Uh, so when you're looking at the one, two, probably going to be say Stroman and Tyler Wells, maybe Kyle Gibson gets a game three or something like that. I think it should be enough for Baltimore. Their offense is a lot better than Cleveland's. Uh, so I have a six seed of Baltimore getting into the ALDS, uh, uh, for the five, six, you have four, five, yeah, four, five, you have Baltimore versus Texas. Texas. Yeah. Gotcha. Who's the home team for you in that one again? Uh, that one will be Baltimore. Baltimore. All right. Go ahead. And uh, I think that's going to be enough to give it to Baltimore. I think that'll go the full games. Really exciting, high-scoring series. Uh, 
and Baltimore gets it with the home field advantage. Moving on for me, I have Texas versus the Yankees here. Uh, You know, pretty good pitching matchups. I think Eovaldi and Garrett Cole kind of cancels out. Uh, But if you got Rodon going and he's good enough, I think that should be enough to get you game two. And then game three is going to be a toss up as well. But I think the series being in the Bronx should help them get that. And the Yankees move on to the NLDS for a date with the Rays. Oh, so for you, Skyler, you have in the ALDS, you have the Yankees visiting Houston, don't you? Yeah, I do. Uh, so that is a five-game series, so we would probably see some game, or we will see some games in New York in that series. But uh, this rivalry, how does it play out this time? The Astros are going to get them again. Uh, again, it, it's not necessarily something I'm rooting for. I just think it's a good matchup for them. You know, they have the pitchers to go head-to-head with them. And it should be a great series if we do get this matchup. But I like Houston. Yeah, uh, I have Baltimore versus Houston in this matchup. Uh, the pitching should be the matchup that tells the story here. I think Houston should be just fine winning this series. Yeah. Uh, if it goes four, even if it goes five, you know, bravo to Baltimore. I think that's going to be a good feeling for them to, you know, show that they can compete with those rosters and they know exactly what they need to make sure that they can beat them in the future. Uh, but I just think they're not quite there yet. So Houston goes on, advances to the ALCS for me. Uh, so that's, you know, easy for me to remember mm-hmm. now because we both have Houston. Then on the other side, you have Baltimore versus Tampa Bay. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Tampa Bay will be the one seed there. How does that series play out? Yeah. Tampa Bay is going to be just fine. All those, those issues we've been talking about with the Orioles that, that plays into a series like this. They'll be okay up until Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay is built to destroy a team like the Orioles and they will. I have the Yankees versus Tampa Bay here. Uh, so I guess a 2020 ALDS rematch. Uh, I have Tampa Bay winning this one pretty easily. You know, maybe four games. Maybe, you know, the Yankees get the gentleman sweep where they win, you know, game three at home and they lose game four. But, uh, yeah, I have Tampa Bay winning this one, which sets up a Houston and Tampa Bay ALCS for both me and Skyler, easy to remember there. Who do you have coming out of the AL in 2023? I'm going to go with the Rays here. Um, again, this should be an awesome series, probably seven if we're counting. Um, they are the second best team in the league. And I, I know, I know, and we'll get more into this with the National League. I know that means it won't happen, most likely, because that's how baseball works. Yeah, I cannot. It, that's pick. what makes it good. That's yeah, what makes it good. Exactly. Awesome. I, I cannot pick the Astros to beat the Rays in a seven-game series. They are built for the American League playoffs. Their roster is perfect. They don't even need a platoon anymore because everyone just rakes now. Yeah, I'm going Tampa Bay. Uh, I know Houston is amazing. It's very tough to pick against them, but I go Tampa, man. I think it's going to be a great series. Probably go six or seven at least. Uh, but Tampa, I think, just has enough to edge past them. And, uh, you know, getting that extra game at home, being the one seed, is definitely going to be something that comes into play as well, too. So I got Tampa advancing to the World Series. So that's easy to, for me to remember because Skyler's got that as well, too. Let's move into the NL, though. Six versus three. Uh, so you have let's Brewers, see, Philly Phillies. versus Milwaukee. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in and, Milwaukee uh, for that one, who do you got? I'm taking the Brewers in this one. Uh, you know, coming into the season, I definitely didn't think I'd be picking them to win a playoff series, but this just isn't it for the Phillies. And this is where we agree. I just think the Phillies are going to, you know, stretch out San Diego by a game or two and get into the series, but it, it won't go well. It, it's not their year, man. I got San Diego versus Cincinnati here for me in this 3 6. They actually just played this weekend uh, in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I have Cincinnati being just fine in this series. I think if they have a three, if things go perfectly well and, you know, you get some guys healthy, you're going to have it go Hunter Green, Lodolo, and Abbott. Those are your three guys. The order of them, you know, might be a little bit different based off of how you want to play it. Which, I mean, you look at San Diego's three, probably what? It's going to be Snell, Musgrove, and... You Darvish probably gonna be. They'll, they'll get him in there for sure. Waka Waka could be one of those guys as well too. He's been amazing this year. I think that kind of evens out. 
I think it plays, you know, slightly to the Padres' advantage. But when you look at the lineup, man, and this series being in Cincinnati and how electric Great American Ballpark has been over this past month, it's going to be a really tough place to play for other teams. And I think uh, bullpen pretty much evens out as well, too. Alexis Diaz has been just as good as Hater this year. Uh, so I think the lineups, you know, make the difference. And I think Cincinnati gets the job done at home and moves to the NLDS. For you, Skyler, you have Miami going to Arizona in this 4-5 yes, matchup. Who do you got coming out of that one? It's Miami. I think Sandy's going to get it together. And, you know, talk about a, you know, tough couple pitchers to face in a playoff series. Miami's got that. The Diamondbacks haven't been quite there yet. You know, Zach Allen's been great, but, um, you know, they're missing a little bit there. And that's why I have Miami. I have Miami versus Los Angeles. This is in LA. And can you imagine setting the scene? Say, you know, say it's Lazardo or Sandy, whoever wins game one, yeah. whatever. Uh, it goes the other way in game two. The other one starts there. Game three on the bump, 20 year old Yuri Perez is in LA Bobby in a Miller. win or go home game versus Bobby Miller. Yeah. That would be something. You know, great for a lot of, you know, pitching ninja would be going through it. Check his pants for those games because that one would be a little crazy. Uh, I have Miami pulling it out. I think this team just has the the vibe in those close games where they're able to get it done. They have a deep bullpen. I know, you know, LA does too, but something with this Miami team seems very sleeper-like. Don't be shocked if they go on a little run here, find their way into the NLDS. Yeah. So we'll hop back to the three, two thing here. You have Milwaukee going up against the Dodgers, correct? Yeah. Who do you got there? That one's going to end very poorly for Milwaukee. Uh, the Dodgers get a, uh, get a lucky dryer. They're moving on. That's also a rematch of, I believe it was the 2020 wildcard yeah. series. Eight seed Milwaukee through, uh... going into LA cut swept in two games. Uh, I have Cincinnati versus Arizona here, which is crazy for me because those are the two teams that I, you know, I've been Very big high. believers in this year. Gallon, I'm confident, and I think they win that game pretty easily. Uh, when you look at Merrill Kelly, you know, Tommy Henry, is that your three starter? If not, you throw in Zach Davies. Ryan Nelson, you know, whoever it is, probably going to have to pick up a, a starter at some point. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's Giolito, who, whatever goes on there, which would, Giolito would be pretty interesting. But uh, I say Cincinnati gets it done. I think they're able to, you know, get into the NLCS based off of some pretty good matchups that they have, uh, you know, pretty much just staying away from Atlanta is the biggest thing. And they get into the NLCS, which would make Cincinnati go absolutely crazy. Uh, moving on to the other side, though, you got Miami going up against Atlanta, which is the same as my matchup here, Skyler. Yeah. Who comes out of that one? I think this is going to be a really underrated series. You know, may even go seven, but I still have to take the Braves. The Marlins don't have the same star power. We, we That's been my theme of the day, I guess. The guys who could homer in at any moment in the game, any situation against any pitcher. Miami just can't do that. So taking Atlanta. I guarantee you that series does not go seven because it's a five game series and it's going five. <laughs> uh, I think it'll be a lot quicker than that. Atlanta just has a different vibe about them this year where they, you know, they are the best and they know they're the best and they're showing that they're the best this year. And that's been something that's been different about their team and what it was in the past year uh, going to the playoffs. And they, uh, I feel like in 2021, then when they won it all they they knew they were good but they were like, we can really do this. And things, you know, obviously, you know, got right and it went around. The next year they expected to do it. And I think that's kind of what got for granted. This year they know they can do it. Yeah. And so they're pushing as hard for it because they know that they were good last year and didn't get it done. So they're just trying to show as well and as quickly as how dominant that they can be. And I think they're going to do that against Miami. Uh, you know, maybe Miami wins game three at home. But I'm taking Atlanta probably yeah. four or three games against them, which sets up uh, for you, Skyler, a Dodgers versus Atlanta NLCS. How does that play out? We know we've seen that matchup plenty of times over these last few years. 
Yes, but uh, I'm I'm still going with the Braves. Uh, you know that that's been my theme so far. I picked the Rays up top. We're going Braves on bottom. These are by far the two best teams I've seen. And again, that means it probably won't happen. But for the sake of this midseason episode, that's what the matchup's looking like. It seems like Atlanta only needs to score about five, six runs a game to win the series. So that's very doable. I have Cincinnati versus Atlanta. I thought you were picking them for a second. (laughs) (laughs) I have Cincinnati versus Atlanta. If everything plays out perfectly for Cincy, they lose in six. I think that's probably the best way it goes. You know, you win one at win one or two at home. You know, perhaps you run into something crazy. LED the Cruz goes five for five. Matt McClain goes five for five. And you win a game in Atlanta because that's what it's going to take. But I say Atlanta wins this series probably in five games, maybe even four, uh, and advances to the World Series for the second time in three years, which sets up Tampa Bay and Atlanta. World Series for both me and Skyler, mm-hmm. two best teams in baseball right now. How does it play out together? I have the Braves in five games over the Rays. Um, they've been preparing for this season for a while now. They traded the farm to get the guys. Everyone's locked in. Like I was saying, they have eight guys who could start an elimination game for you and be confident in. My uh, MVP eight? Still... Yeah. Damn, I don't know what that. Well, uh, we can go through them later. But anyways, my point is this is one of the best teams I've seen in a couple of years now in baseball. They deserve this one, I believe. And sticking with the same MVP, Marcelo Zuna, couple big bombs in an elimination game. MVP. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Atlanta's got guys. They – uh you know, I look at starters. This is the main thing I look at when, when I look at the World Series pick and who, who's going to get there. If you have better starters, there's a very good chance you're going to go ahead and win the series. You know, Bryce Elder, Spencer Strider is going to be the top two guys for Atlanta, most likely. And then when it fills in from there, probably a Morton. Uh, and then you got to find a four starter, whoever that may be. And then it loops around to those other, other guys. But when you look at Tampa Bay, and the guys that they have and who are going to pitch in playoff games and be starters for them, you go McClanahan very easily. You go Glasnow, you know, who hasn't been great, but still has the ability to go six shutout out like nothing. You Same know, Taj Bradley, who's been amazing. You got other guys on this team, Zach Eflin, who are as good as any – any guy that the, the Braves have to offer, yeah. except for Spencer Strider, I'd say. Uh, I know that's kind of disrespected by Selder, but I mean no disrespect by it. Uh, so I go Tampa Bay. I think they edge the series, I think probably seven or six games. I think it's going to be an absolutely great series to see a lot of talent on both rosters. Honestly, probably not the last time we see this World Series matchup over the next maybe even two years. We might see them back-to-back years. World Series MVP, if I had the opportunity to do this, I have to pull the trigger. It's Jose Siri who's going to be my World Series MVP. You know, he's got the swagger to do it. Maybe robs a couple of home runs and hits a couple as well, too, steals a couple bases. Uh, like it. And has one of the most iconic bat flips in MLB history in Game 7 of the World Series when he hits the game-winning home run in the eighth inning before the game gets closed out by Shane McClanahan in game seven in the ninth inning in, in, uh, it might be in Tampa Bay. We'll see. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. But, uh, Jose Siri, World Series MVP. Let's send it to a uh, halftime, second half, whatever you want to call it. We're talking NBA now. In the second half here, we've had a lot of deals to do and, uh, it's been a longer episode. So I'm just gonna, just gonna go through the list. We could say if we like it or not. So we'll start off with some of the rookie maxes here. I'll just go through them all at the same time. It was Ant Edwards, LaMelo Ball, Tyrese Halliburton, Desmond Bain. I think they all earned those. I have no problem with any of those guys getting the rookie max. That's around five years, $260 million. Uh, So we'll move on here to the first real deal. We'll go real. to Sabonis. Neil, Steel, Bridges. Deal. Sorry, five years, $217 million. And at first I was like, oh boy, you know, <laughs> this guy, uh, you know, didn't last very long against the Warriors in the first round of the playoffs. 
But then again, he was an all NBA player. Not the first time now. Um, I think you have to retain this guy if you're Sacramento. He's part of it. Yeah. All right. Jeremy Grant, Portland. Five years for $160 million. Different opinion on this one. Um, that's a whole lot of money for a number three option, in my opinion. Dane number two now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I assume you don't like this one either. I mean, I think it makes sense if you keep Dame and you're yeah. trying to make a run where, you know, you have the one-two combo of probably Dame and Alfred E. Simons, you know, at the top of, of your lineup. And then, you know, Jeremy Grant's use of Nurkic and you have Scoot coming off the bench. I think when you look at a team like that, you know, you're probably, if you have good role players, you're probably looking at, you know, like a six or five seed with a decent chance to go ahead and maybe win a series. Uh, but now, you know, with no Dame, you know, if things play the way that he's asking it to be played, I mean, what's the fucking point? Like, why, why Jeremy Grant's going to be the number one option on that team unless Scoot, you know, goes crazy. So, uh, oh, well, I don't it's know. Just, I wouldn't to do me, it. it. Uh, yeah. Just maybe harder to move them if it doesn't work out with this much money. Um, but good luck to Portland, man. Hopefully they don't get uh, screwed in this damn trade if it does happen. So let's move on. Uh, one I actually really liked was Fred Van Fleet to the Rockets. Three years, $130 million. I feel like, especially with Ime Udoka now there, they just needed some structure. Man, they needed the structure. You can't have all those dudes fighting for the ball, especially when they're underdeveloped. So Fred Van Fleet is there to keep things together there were some some videos of uh jalen green huh. came out the other day we're not talking he, about this. he needs uh, a mentor in his life and oh i think that could God. be fred van fleet a guy with playoff experience more than playoff experience a ring exactly. it, there's that uh i don't un the fit here is a little bit interesting uh sure. i guess you know Fred VanVleet has a chance to be part of something that he turns around. I think that might be the appeal for him. Maybe he likes Texas. Uh, I know James Harden really likes Houston and the city stuff that goes on there, but maybe Fred VanVleet does as well too. So uh, good for him. I don't know if I would have made the deal if I was the Rockets. I think uh, there's only one basketball. I know there's only one basketball and you're adding another guy who's going to be a ball dominant guy who, you know, he's a good distributor, but he's not maybe the level that you would like to see as the guy who's going to be the number one guy on a team that's full of young dudes. Uh, so right on for Houston, right on for Fred VanVleet. Congrats on getting paid again, but I don't know if I would have made that move. I have one more theory that, uh, you know, in the back of my mind that makes me, I guess, not as upset about giving him this money. It's that they were never going to get Harden. That was just a rumor. And they didn't want all this cap space to go to waste. So they just picked him up and they're going to trade him when Eamon Thompson's ready to take over. Maybe. That's a lot of money to trade, though. Yeah. Because you, yeah. if you're trading that money, you got to get back that money, especially in the middle of the season. Yeah. I think Harden would have been a perfect dude to add to this team. I think he would have been perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on from. Well, we'll be back with the Rockets later. Uh, but let's go to Dante DiVincenzo. Four years, 50 million to the Knicks. I've again, I love this one. Uh, I hate losing him because he was he's a great dude, he just did his job every night. Um, but going with the Villanova boys in New York, you know, 14 million a year, a guy with a ring with experience, three and D, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no, good for him. Yeah, I'm happy for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the next guy, uh, very similar here, just a lot cheaper. Westbrook going back to the Clippers, two years, eight million. A little surprising to me. I thought they'd maybe try to buy him out when the season was about to start. But, uh, no, they gave him a deal and respect. You know, he played good for them last year. Yeah, I love it. Good for us. A guy who is not a fan favorite here in the Bay Area, Dylan Brooks, also got paid. Four years, $80 million. I probably don't do this if I'm the Rockets. But he's a great defender. And maybe can give that team some identity other than just uh, you know AAU ball. So I I get the thinking. I just think it's going to backfire. You know. Yeah, I mean, 
You're asking a dude who's been one of the least mature dudes in the league to go to a team that is one of the youngest and least mature teams in the league. So, uh, I mean, fuck, maybe it works out by, you know, reverse psychology. Maybe they're all freaked out by him and they don't want to be him. So they get their act straight. Uh, but I mean, I guess Stonebrooks, when you all, all things considered, he's, he's a pretty decent NBA player, yeah. but I don't think the Rockets would have been the right destination. It's just for kind him. of unfortunate. He's more of a meme right now, you know? So he's we'll a meme. <laughs> Austin Reeves to the Lakers. I really like this, not necessarily because of the skill of Austin Reeves. We still got to wait and see. Four years, 56 million. The reason I like it is because they got him for hella cheap. There's rumors he's going to get 80 million, like the the Dylan Brooks deal, but no one offered, so they just gave him the minimum extension. The the rookie, uh, so good for the Lakers keeping everyone together. I didn't mention the others, but they got you know Russell back, Hachimura, all the guards, and uh, except for Schroeder, they replaced him with uh, Struce. But yeah, that's it for the Lakers. Gabe Vincent, third place. Thank you. I I get a mixed up too, so yeah. I, I don't blame you for saying that. Yeah, Struce got uh, traded somewhere else. Struz who went to Cleveland, uh, but uh, Austin Reeves. Sorry, yeah. I just forgot who we were talking about. I think it's a good deal. You know, I uh, I make fun of Austin Reeves to a lot of my friends just because you know he's any Laker fan. It's easy to make fun of, uh, and I like making fun of Austin Reeves. But he's a good player. He, uh, I think, definitely got a bit less than what his value is. Uh, so good by the Lakers for. You know, capitalizing on the market there, but uh, Austin Reeves, man, go get paid. I mean, you you definitely were if you had some patience a little no bit. No one I offered. I think maybe just be a little bit more patient. Wait, wait, how oh, things play so. out and get on the second second wave of stuff. I think he would have gotten something a bit more. Uh, but if he likes LA, likes playing for that team, then you know, go ahead, good for him. Yeah, it's just it's weird that no other team did just to fuck with the Lakers, you know, but. I guess it's uh, everyone's just buddy buddy in the NBA now. So uh, that's another that's a story for another day. Let's move on. Only a couple more here. So I combined the Milwaukee dudes, Middleton and Brooke Lopez. They're coming back for one more run. They got a, a bunch of money to do it too. So good for them. Uh, and this group won a title together not that long ago. So I get it. I get it. Middleton's not the same, but I get it. You want one more run, and it's possible. Yeah, I'm cool with it. The last one, Draymond Green coming back four years, 100 million. It's another situation where, oh, that much money? But then you go, like, I understand. They still want to win a title. They still can. And they know they need Draymond. This has got to be a, a call from Steph Curry to upstairs. You know, I, I'm not going to win a title without this guy. So good for Draymond. Hopefully things can stay chill with the Warriors. You know, things may be a little weird with uh, Chris Paul in there this year, but everyone's a pro. I trust the Warriors organization. Yeah, no, I uh, I think 25 mil is about what we were hoping for. I know, you know, there's a chance that he was going to get like 30 to 40 mil just because players in that time of their career usually end up getting that, it feels like. Uh, but it's good to know that Draymond, you know, has a head on his body and – uh able to kind of evaluate his worth to a efficient a valid number for both sides yeah helped the warriors out a little bit and uh yeah i think four for 100 i think is a good number for both sides and it gets the job done all righty well that's going to be it for the second half the basketball so let's get into these bets and go home yeah last week good week for me bad week for skyler uh so i guess we'll go over it quickly this I had Texas over Detroit on Wednesday. That did happen. Skyler had the Angels over the White Sox on Thursday. That did not happen, unfortunately. This week, I have Toronto over Chicago on Wednesday. That is the Lance Lynn start for Chicago. Skyler wasn't able to get that strategy done last week, picking against Lance Lynn. I'm going for it, though. Uh, Berrios has been good for the Blue Jays this year, better than last year and better than the first year that he was traded. So uh, yeah. give me Toronto. Houston is on fire right now. They're playing Colorado tomorrow. So uh, let's go with them. JP French against a terrible team. Should be okay. 
Last week, bold prediction, I had the Giants over the Mets on Friday. That did happen. It was actually the only game the Giants took against the uh, Mets of the weekend. Uh, Skyler had Kyle Tucker over one and a half total bases versus the Cardinals. That did not happen. This week, I went with an extra bold one. I go Miami sweeps Philly over the weekend, propelling them into, holy shit, we can make the postseason territory. Yeah, uh, I'm keeping this trend going throughout. I got to make my bold predictions more bold. So another player prop, Corbin Carroll, over one and a half total bases against the Mets on Thursday. The Mets are struggling. Corbin Carroll's hot. We know this. That matchup's going to be Ryan Nelson against Cookie. And uh, just get a double, man. You know he can do it. (laughs) That's going to do it, though, for today's episode. Uh, I guess we'll see you all next week for episode 148. Again, like we said last week, we're getting a bit closer to football season week by week. Uh, obviously, you know, baseball season's holding us over. We're doing fine with that. Uh, and there's been some basketball stuff. So good to see you there. Uh, but that's going to do it for today. Any closing remarks, Skylar? Shout out Joey Chestnut, 62. Yeah, shout out. He's him. Yeah, 16th mustard belt. I only got a couple of those. He's got 16. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, happy 4th of July, Kyle. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Happy 5th of July to you tomorrow. In advance. That's smart. Yeah. I always forget about the fifth. But I plead the fifth. <laughs> I will too. So we'll see you guys next week for 148. Yeah. Let's go A's, man. Let's win our 11th game sometime. How about that? What? 12th our 11th game. game. What, what's our record? 11 and... Uh, 3 and 62. Oh, dude. The old standings popped up for me. I'm going to fall that. Oh my gosh! It uh, yeah, I don't bad. know if you know this, but the like sometimes the ESPN app will like uh, just revert to the last time it updated, like majorly. So huh. it'll give you like a rand like random week in May standings on the on the current day. I'll be like, wait, what the hell? So, huh. how about we break the eleven game losing streak? That's where the eleven comes from. We are not on the eleven game losing streak. Okay, so I got one two out of three versus Chicago. I'm just gonna hit end then. I'll get it.